Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. It's your host, Sig Daddy, and it is the week in review for March 28th, 2020. But before I get to talking about Raw, SmackDown, and AEW Dynamite, got a little bit of news I want to talk about here for a few minutes, and it's regarding WrestleMania, and it is not good news. This WrestleMania card seems to be falling apart at the seams, and one another name that's been reported out for WrestleMania is Andrade. He's been pulled due to injury. This is according to an article from WrestleTalk.com, and supposedly the replacement for that match is it was slated to be the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championships. It is now Austin Theory of NXT, which is a very interesting choice. From what I read throughout the article is Theory is not featured that often on NXT, but WWE higher-ups seem to be high on him and decided to throw him in the match instead of, well, Andrade, who's injured. So instead of somebody that maybe could have been interconnected with Garza, they just kind of threw a random guy in there. I don't know how I feel about that. I was not very excited about that match in the first place, but we'll see. But more names have been ruled out, including The Miz, Rey Mysterio, and Dana Brooke had already been out. They are quarantining themselves. But yeah, Roman Reigns was one of the names that popped up being out for WrestleMania. And Roman Reigns decided to pull himself out of his upcoming WrestleMania match against Goldberg, which it was already pre-taped this week, and they should have finished up probably by Wednesday. Uh, He's supposedly, this is is reported by uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, and uh, Dave Meltzer reported that the replacement for the match, actually, it turns out, it is going to be Braun Strowman. Don't know how I feel about that. He's not in contention. He's he's in some hot water with the fans right now. And I don't know. Well, you know about the previous comments he made about independent wrestlers and such. I wasn't a big fan of that comment, but uh, I don't know. If they do this... If they pull the trigger on this title change, I don't know what's going to come of it. Braun might be just a placeholder for when Roman comes back. And, I don't know, this WrestleMania situation just keeps getting worse and worse as time goes on. As we mentioned also, The Miz is now out for WrestleMania. He He is sick. And so, he well, he was sick. And I don't know what they're going to do. It's supposed to be a triple threat ladder match at WrestleMania for the SmackDown tag titles between them, well, Miz and Morrison, New Day, and the Usos. But I don't know what they're going to do about that, what they did about that at that those tapings. Because at SmackDown this week, they did show Kofi and the Usos going to a no contest, kind of a disqualification, double disqualification, a no contest. And 
I don't know what they're going to do. This is just it gets it gets been going from bad to worse as time's gone time has gone on with this coronavirus pandemic, especially regarding WrestleMania. But let's move on to some brighter stuff. Let's go on to the week in review for this week. Let's start out with Monday Night Raw and uh, Paul Heyman. It's a video to start out with, and then they cut to the ring, and it's Brock in the ring with Heyman, and Heyman talks about living in the most uncertain times right now, and we need a little certainty, and that certainty is the beast, Brock Lesnar. And he says Drew can get down on his hands and knees. God's prayer line will only give him a big busy signal on that night. And the Brock will answer his prayer quick by making it quick and painless, but not painless. Uh, and when WrestleMania is over, Brock's going to still be champ then, now, and forever. And this was a solid promo from Paul Heyman. And I really like the way he adjusted his tone from the big arenas to the performance center where there is no one in the arena. And at the end, he says, Drew will be douched out. And I think he said something else, not appropriate. And also, there was also a rumor out there that he possibly wasn't going to make it out of Canada, Brock. There was that rumor that was swirling around the uh, internet uh, last week that he was not going to be able to make it out of Canada. We got our answer here. And it was another, it was a solid promo from Heyman to start the show. Following that was a very good triple threat match, one of the best probably triple threat matches in WWE history. And that was Brock Lesnar defending his WWE Championship against Seth Rollins and John Cena at Royal Rumble 2015. And this was a very, very good match from back in the day. At least they're playing some pretty good matches on these shows. I'm okay with it, but moving on. And then we get flashbacks to the past two weeks of AJ Styles promos. And when we come back, we get more of what made Styles challenge Taker at Mania and shown some more of AJ's promo from last week. And then we get AJ Styles with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and talking about WrestleMania being just too big for one night. And I'm getting sick and tired of hearing that. It's like, shove it down our throats. Let's keep shoving it down their throats. And it's like, I, I proposed a drinking game. Every time they say that line, WrestleMania, a WrestleMania just too big for one night, you need to take a drink. Because you will get drunk if, skunk drunk, if you play that game. Because they say that line, they regurgitate it 3,000 times during the show. But moving on. Styles, he cuts a promo referencing the weird video of Taker and Michelle with the Tiger that surfaced on Twitter and stuff. It was pretty funny. And uh, really, Taker hasn't been the same since the mania where he lost to Brock. And where is this man at? Where has he gone? And Styles doesn't want Mark Calloway, who posts selfies. He wants Taker from yesteryear, but He's too far gone. He's going to give him what the fans want to see. And the way he brings Taker back is going to be a boneyard match. What 
in the living bleep is a boneyard match. I have no clue. And Styles, at the end of the promo, says, I got a perfect place for you. It's the same spot. Michelle buried your career. Ooh. Nice burn there from Styles, but I'm not too excited about this Boneyard match. Uh, I don't know. This is going to be a lot of bells and whistles to this, and I'm not too excited about it. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. After that, we get Charlie Caruso with Angel... Garza, Zelina, and Andrade. They're talking about their upcoming title match, which Andrade is not involved in now. And they say the Street Profits will not be dancing around with the Raw Tag Team Championships anymore. Garza winks at Charlie, continuing their supposed love angle. Who knows? And then we get Andrade and Garza versus Ricochet. And Cedric Alexander next. And then we get a video showing Edge's promo from last week. Then that's the match between Andrade and Angel versus Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. And I thought this was a pretty solid match. Um, it was fine with me. Uh, Andrade wins with a nasty spinning back elbow on Cedric Alexander. And it's actually... Cedric Alexander and Ricochet could be a very good tag team. Maybe they experiment with that a little bit more. I'd be interested in it, definitely. One, at least they're utilizing these guys that are very, very skilled in the ring. But uh, it was a fine match. Uh, it was nice to see Cedric and Ricochet have a longer match on Raw. And, uh, and that's why, I said, like I said, they're maybe they're testing them as a tag. But uh, I'm not really all that excited about the tag championship match at Mania between the Street Profits and Andrade and Angel just felt thrown together but it's not going to be Andrade anymore it's sounds like Austin Theory is going to be the one in that match at Mania but Andrade wins with a spinning back elbow in a fine little match Street Profits were on commentary for that match they walked down to the ring post-match two teams brawl and Andrade and Angel escape before any further damage is done to them. We get shown 316 day from last week, and then Street Profits versus Shane Thorne. Following that, we got Shane Thorne and some other dude from NXT taking on the Street Profits. And the Profits dominate to start. Ford hitting a couple of slaps to Thorne's t- chest. Um... It's a quick match. Ford hits an Enziguri. Dawkins comes in with a big shoulder block late in the match. Suplex to this guy named Fink. Vink, that's what his name is. And uh, Dawkins on fire. He's hitting splashes in both corners. Spine buster, frog splash combo. It gets done for the Street Profits. And this is what it needed to be. It was quick. The NXT guys got to showcase a little bit. But the Street Profits get a win heading towards WrestleMania. Then we get a YouTube video showing Riddick Moss losing his 24-7 championship to our truth last weekend. And thank goodness he's getting that title back. We need some kind of fun on television at this point. Our truth is just going to be entertainment with the 24-7 title. Nothing against Riddick Moss, but he just wasn't very entertaining with that title. 
I, the way they booked it, it didn't work. It was They're trying to make it like a legit title. It's supposed to be just a fun title. The Hardcore Championship was just a fun title. But uh, R-Truth winning the 24-7 championship back, getting his baby back, and he won it for the 11th million time. After that, we get Shayna Baszler with Charlie Caruso in the ring. And Charlie's a little bit intimidated by uh, Shayna Baszler. And Shayna asks her why she looks nervous. And is, is it, uh, are you afraid that I'm going to bite you again? Charlie looks nervous. And Shayna asks, why are you nervous? Are you afraid I'm going to bite you too? But uh, it's the same type of brutality that people should expect at Mania. And they should expect Becky to lose. And she gets asked why she loves to destroy. Just because I love to destroy. And Becky attacks her with a chair from behind in the ring. Looking like kind of a coward there. I was kind of a total heel move there from Becky. I guess it's kind of revenge. I don't know. Well, that's going to be an interesting match at Mania. Probably one of the better ones at Mania, hopefully. I'm actually hoping for a Shayna squash. It could make for a really interesting comeback story for Becky Lynch. Who knows? Then we get Aleister Black versus Leon Ruff, and it's a squash. Ruff gets finished in this match with a nasty... And I mean nasty black mass. It's all right. It is what it is. And we're getting Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Uh, it's kind of just thrown together too. And it just seems like they're throwing stuff together just last second. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Just let's throw something at the wall and see if it sticks pretty much. Following that, we got uh, KO in the ring. He's out there to answer Seth Rollins' challenge. And he knows Rollins is there and he wants him to come back out. And I'm just going to go pretty much give you the whole thing here. And Rollins comes out, says, Do you think really, you really think fighting me in this place gives you a home field advantage? And Rollins is saying this building was built on blood, sweat, and tears. Everything he did before he got there didn't matter. KO will never understand the sacrifice that Rollins went through to get there. And Rollins said he had to suffer, persevere, and succeed for people like Kevin Owens. He rebuilt the system from the ground up and... Rollins says, KO, keeps standing in the way, and you refuse to fall in line. None of this exists without Seth Rollins, not the Performance Center. There would have been... None of this exists without Seth Rollins. The NXT Performance Center, every... None of this exists without Seth Rollins. NXT, the Performance Center. There would have been no Gargano Champa without Seth Rollins. The Women's Revolution would have never happened. That's a bit of a reach without Seth Rollins. But uh, most importantly, WrestleMania of all places, you really challenged me there. 
And re- before that, Rollins says there is no Kevin Owens without a Seth Rollins. And like I said, the question Rollins asks, the second one he asks is why is he picking Mania of all places? Rollins, that's Rollins' domain. He's won the IC Championship there, the Universal Championship there. He's beaten names like Triple H and Brock, and he's won more WrestleMania matches than he can count. And KO has zero. And saying all of KO's WrestleMania moments are failures. And he asks about last year's, where he wasn't good enough to be at Mania. And Rollins says KO can beat him on his worst day, and WrestleMania is his best day. And under pressure, Seth Rollins is God. And he stands, KO stands no chance at WrestleMania. And that's most of what was said on that promo, and it was just fantastic stuff from Rollins. Even in an empty arena, that was fan-freaking-tastic. And I like how they're playing off the history of uh, each person, especially at Mania. And this was a really good promo from Seth to hype up his match against Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Then we get shown Charlotte Flair versus Asuka from WrestleMania 34 for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Another good match from uh, from what I remember. And uh, Charlotte, after the match, watching the match, uh, says it was inspiring to her and says she was a masterclass at making history, and she talks about her accolades, and she'll be the first to win the NXT champion Women's Championship at WrestleMania. And then the main thing we got, the final thing we got from Monday Night Raw was Orton's response to Edge's challenge, and here's the rundown of that. And Orton saying, I've done and said things, that have been misunderstood, and I've I, what I did came from a place of love, but it's been taken as an act of brutality and violence. And here to respond, I'm here to respond to Edge's challenge, but Orton first wants to apologize for lying to Beth. Edge is not a junkie for the roar of the crowd; he is a junkie for himself, and he was handed an opportunity because I was, I am an Orton. And it doesn't guarantee a Hall of Fame career with just your last name. He's won the IC, the World Heavyweight Championships. And those wins weren't handed to him. And Mick Foley didn't pass me the torch. He threw me in thumbtacks, which is a callback to their Backlash 2004 hardcore match, which I recommend you guys go back and watch. If you have the network, definitely go watch that match because that that's what made Randy Orton a star. That match was fan-freaking-tastic. It's brutal, but it is a very, very good hardcore match. But He also says he spat in Mick Foley's face and beat him, and he went from hot prospect to the three most dangerous letters in all of sports and entertainment. And Orton says grit has a different meaning to him than edge. Grit means longevity and he's been the one constant in the WWE locker room and no one has accomplished anything remotely close to him no one has as much grit as he does and you call me Orton an entitled brat aren't you not the ultimate opportunist would you have said no if Triple H asked you to join Evolution 
He did what he believed. He did what he did because he loves Edge and his family. And Orton says, you may be writing the story at Mania, but I'm going to write the last chapter and end it. And he accepts. And we got, it's official now, Orton and Edge at Mania, last man standing, and that was a freaking bomb promo from Orton, from the facials and the emotion he delivered. It was very, very good promo. Definitely go back and watch that. And really, this episode of Raw had some very, very good promo work, especially from Orton and then also Seth Rollins. Those were the two best things on the show. And the matches were kind of... They were good. There was a good match earlier on with Andrade and Angel versus Cedric and Ricochet. The st- wrestling wasn't all that great on this show. We just got a lot of throwback, two throwback matches on this show, which I'm okay with, but you could fill the time a little bit better with trying to build up your other matches at WrestleMania. But still, some solid promo work in there, especially from Orton and Seth Rollins. Actually, not solid. It was fantastic. Up next... A-E-W Dynamite. And this time there's nobody ringside. And we get Cody versus Jimmy Havoc to start the show. Nice to see Jimmy Havoc on the show. Haven't seen him in a while. But uh, after a solid match, Cody wins with two crossroads. And he kisses and hugs Brandy to celebrate post-match. But really what this was about was Jake Roberts sending a message to Cody post-match in a pre-taped uh, vignette. And uh, he's Ar- he says Archer is stomping at the bit to get in the ring with somebody from AEW. And AEW is supposed to give the people what they wanted. And Roberts begs to differ in that. And he's mad he doesn't receive a phone call from Cody. They saw what Archer was doing and when, back when they were in New Japan and you were afraid. Bring whoever you want. and But somebody, please sit down with us, this is Roberts, and sign something saying you'll meet us. It says, balls in your court, Cody. Trust me. But, uh, excuse me. But uh, that was a very good promo from Jake Roberts. And we're getting this slow build towards Lance Archer versus Cody. Hopefully we see Archer in a match next week. I'm excited to see him. After that, we got Darby Allen versus Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford ringside. This was a nice, solid match, but uh, Allen wins with a crafty little roll-up. He rolls through, grabs a leg, and then grabs another leg for the roll-up and the win in that match. And... uh, a lot of this was had some pretty good psychology. Sabian working the shoulder in this match. And it was fun. It was a fun match between Darby and Kip. But uh, Allen gets some momentum. And Allen still got a bone to pick with the inner circle here. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Then we get a highlight video showcasing Jake Hager. Uh, using some of his MMA highlights and his recent highlights from AEW. And Jake Hager wins this pretty quickly, and he gets the arm triangle. Fine to keep him looking like a million bucks, but Moxley comes down post-match, hits a paradigm shift 
on Hager, but Hager grabs Moxley's ankle as Moxley's walking towards getting out of the ring. But uh, Hager rolls out. Actually, not Hager rolls out, but Moxley rolls out. He sends Hager outside of the ring, and Hager tries to attack, and Moxley swings the title at him, but Hager decides to leave. And Moxley cuts a promo after that, saying he's cleared, and he told Hager, you forgot to check your blind spot. He's talking like he's going to be in the inner circle's blind spot, and saying when they meet Hager, he's going to get carted out on a stretcher or die trying. Following that was the video talking about the Exalted One reveal last week, just recapping that, and he's given us a bit of a look, they're giving us a bit of a look at Brody Lee's reveal from last week, and it's there's a video showing Brody Lee how he treats his minions, and saying this is the new Dark Order, Reynolds and Silver are with him eating, and we do what we want, when we want, and we prey on the weak. But he doesn't understand what's wrong with him. Either Reynolds or Silver decides to eat, and Lee gets upset. He says they must wait till he finishes his food. And actually, it's Reynolds who gets kicked out first. And Silver then sneezes, and Lee then kicks him out also. This is a tyrannical leader in Brody Lee, and I'm all for it. And I'm all in- I'm very interested in seeing what he's going to be doing here moving forward. Cody, he's on commentary all night. He's using a lot of throwback stuff, a lot of stuff from uh, 80s wrestling, and I'm really enjoying it. I was I thought he was pretty good on commentary, and Cody calls this "Daddy Eats First," which is a T-shirt he has on uh, pro wrestling tees. And he used that line in a Ring of Honor promo back in the day. And, uh, I don't know. I enjoy Cody on commentary this this uh, night. After that, we get the exalted one, Brody Lee, in his first AEW match against QT Marshall. And Lee hits a big boot right out of the gate. He drops Marshall on the apron, throws him into the bike rack ringside. Lee chops him, throws him back into the ring, flipping Senton on to Marshall, very athletic move, and Brody Lee's hitting running elbows in the two corners, vertical suplexes, and a back shot. Lee actually stares Brandy down, which is kind of interesting, and then Marshall fights back with a right hand and hits a kick, and Enziguri sends uh, Brody Lee outside. Actually, Lee sends Marshall outside, hits an Enziguri, but misses a dive off the top, and then Lee answers with a boss man slam. And then Lee gets his discus lariat to get it done and get his first win in AEW. And I thought this was what it needed to be. It was a nice debut by Lee and a dominant one, to say the least. Post-match, a creeper drops the mask on Marshall asking him to join. After the commercial, we get a video recap of Matt Hardy's arrival from last week, and we get a medical update from Vanguard One. Medical update on Nick Jackson, and it shows that he is at 61%. So he's close, he's getting there. 
It's still taking a bit of time, but Nick Jackson will be back sooner rather than later. And we get the main event match. It is Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship. And Sammy Guevara, he has pictures of Brandy, Cody, and a Star Trek captain. And he is still trying to shoot his shot with Brandy. And we get an interesting visual during this match. And it's right before the uh, first commercial break. And he he's outside the ring. Guevara actually jumps the guardrail. And he sits to talk to the Brandy picture. He actually kisses the Brandy picture very aggressively. Very, very aggressively, tongue and all. And Brandy is gives you a great facial of looking on in disgust. And then we go to break after that. It's This was a pretty good match. And late in the match, Omega hits a big V trigger. He goes for it again. Gets bit by Sammy. Kenny hits a big knee again to get out. Misses the V trigger. Snap. Dragon is reversed by Sammy. Sammy hits a spinning kick. Reverse fireman's carry into a nasty looking knee by Guevara. And then moments later... Kenny hits a V, not a V trigger, hits a Tiger Driver 98 for a near fall. And he goes for another V trigger. He gets it right after Sammy flips him off and hits the one-winged angel to defend his title. And this is a good and very fun title match. It was a lot of handwork by uh, Sammy Guevara as Kenny Omega is coming back from that broken hand. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the match for what it was. Very very good match between Kenny and Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara keeps delivering every time he's on TV, whether it's in a promo sense or, I don't know, in-ring, he's delivering both. He's delivering all the time. And I just checked, started checking out his vlog a couple weeks ago, and, man, it's a very entertaining vlog. I definitely watch it on YouTube if I were you, and if you're interested to see kind of seeing the life of a pro wrestler and just kind of fun little segments, some fun little things he does on that those vlogs. But a very entertaining vlog. But a very entertaining match between Kenny and Sammy Guevara. Kenny Omega defending his uh, AAA Mega Championship, winning by pinfall. After that, we get the probably the moment of the night. Jericho and Matt Hardy. The Confrontation. And before we even get started, Jericho grabs the cameraman's camera and he videotapes him singing Judas. Very entertaining. And uh, talking about the arrogant sobs that got Matt Hardy replacing Nick. He's giving Matt an opportunity to make the right decision and join the inner circle. But Vanguard 1 shows up. And Jericho cuts an unbelievable promo on Vanguard 1. And he tells Vanguard 1, I don't like you. He doesn't like him and calls him a piece of blank of trash. Says he respects Vanguard 1, but he asks him to join the inner circle and offers Vanguard 1 a bunch of stuff. But Vanguard 1, he's like, nah, heads out of the ring. And then Matt Hardy is appearing in different parts of the arena and he eventually gets close to ringside and Matt cuts the Matt says, Maker of pain, you knew I'd come. 
and Matt Hardy saying he's magic. And Jericho continuously tries to explain to him how things work and how he's done pretty much everything for AEW and says he's the one that you want to align yourself with, not the elite. Matt says he assisted the elite because they owed he owed them a debt by bringing Broken Matt back. He's also seen the tyranny that Jericho has brought to AEW, and AEW is supposed to represent freedom. Matt Hardy doesn't want his freedom taken, and Jericho revived the careers of many others. He's asking Matt, join the inner circle. And Jericho's saying, Matt says, you don't understand what you're looking at. He's looking at Damascus, which is another form of Matt Hardy, according to his Free the Delete series. And this being of Matt is known for creating violence and brutality. He's practically perfect. Jericho still honestly doesn't know what Matt's doing here. He gets reinventing. He is one of the kings of reinventing. Matt says, Jericho says, outside you look different, but you're the same Matt Hardy he's known for over 20 years. And Jericho actually gets called uh, a hole of the ass by Matt Hardy. And I was dying. I was dying. This whole promo segment was just fantastic. I'll continue on. Matt saying his broken brilliance is shining brighter than ever. And Jericho just gives him one more chance. But Matt just says, well, Jericho gives him one more chance. He says, elite or inner circle. And Matt just says, delete. And Matt says his essence is all over the building, even though there is no one there. And he'll say, he says, you'll fade away and classify yourselves, yourselves as obsolete. And Matt's pointing out these historical figures in the crowd, even though they're not there. Jericho's continuously saying, you can't see him. He's like, you're delusional, dude. Jericho, at the end, smacks him. Matt punches him down. And Jericho cuts a says a fantastic line and says, Abracadabra, Matt Hardy gets his ass kicked. <laughs> uh, Sammy Guevara jumps Matt from behind. Cody and Kenny come out with chairs to taking out Jericho and Guevara. And at the end, Matt sets off the fire. He's got magical powers. And Matt is magical. He set off the pyro. And, say, and he sets off the fire as Jericho and Guevara are on the stage and they're cowering away and they almost get set on fire. And really, that's the end of the show, folks. And well, it was certainly entertaining that last segment. That was a ton of fun. Jericho cutting a promo on Vanguard 1 was fantastic. And the banter between these two was amazing. I liked how they didn't use mics this, mics this time. They just let him talk freely. And it was absolutely wonderful and magical, as Matt Hardy would like to say. It was fantastic. And really, either you enjoy this stuff of Matt Hardy, you enjoy this Matt Hardy stuff, or you don't. And really, I personally love it. And I thought this was a very, very fun way and a memorable way to end AEW Dynamite. And I thought this overall was a pretty good show. Some really good wrestling and some really good promo work, especially from Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho at the end. That was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Uh, Jake the Snake also cut some, cut a really good promo earlier on in the night. And I don't know. 
There is some good stuff setting up for the future. Hager, we're getting some teases with Hager and John Moxley, and then also Brody Lee. Uh, Brody Lee's debut. It was what it needed to be, and we also got a pretty good match between Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara. And the final show this week, Friday Night SmackDown. It is Bailey and Sasha out to start. Talking about how their WrestleMania is a nightmare. And how Paige is trying to pit them against one another. And Bailey says, oh, there's no separating us, right? And Sasha's like, Ehh. And she gets to talk, gets ready to talk. Lacey Evans interrupts. And this becomes just an interrupting fest. And Bailey even addresses that, which is going to be, which was kind of funny. At the end, Tamina shows up. And Tamina says, actions speak louder than words. Headbutt to Naomi. Super kick to Lacey. Basie, Bailey and Sasha then lay the boots into Naomi and they back in to Tamina and they run away. But I, I, at least they did something to make T- Tamina feel relevant in this match, even though she hasn't been on TV in what is what has been probably months. But uh, th- otherwise, though, that was a typical interrupt everybody segment. But I, and I did like that Bailey addressed that in the uh, the uh, promo. After this, we get Drew Gulak versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And if Gulak wins, Brian gets an intercontinental title match at WrestleMania. And Sammy joins commentary once again. And late in the match, Gulak runs into the runs into the corner. And Nakamura hits a kick on him. Flying knee by Shinsuke for a near fall. It's a front face lock. Shinsuke's working. And then a front suplex face buster by Nakamura. Nakamura then goes for the Kinshasa, but Brian pulls Gulak out of the way. And uh, that happened earlier on when Cesaro pulled Nakamura out of the way. I liked how they kind of did the same things back to one another. And Gulak rolls Nakamura up for a jackknife cover for the win. And I thought this was a fun short match. It accomplished what it needed to accomplish. And we're getting Brian versus Zayn at Mania. And honestly, that could steal the show. That has a possibility of being the best match at WrestleMania. I hope they give it time. Because Brian and Sami Zayn can create magic. Both of them have shown that. And I hope they get the opportunity to do so at WrestleMania. After that, we get Otis versus, not Otis versus Dolph, but we get the Otis and Dolph video from last week, and it's backstage Dolph FaceTiming Mandy, talking about how pathetic Otis is. And we get that another weird glitch again. I wonder what that's all about. I'm just, because they keep doing that week after week. I wonder what it's leading to. Hopefully it's something good. But uh, Otis and Tucker are out there trying to get to Ziggler backstage and uh, Otis gets held back and Dolph actually challenges Otis to a match at WrestleMania with Mandy in his corner. Then after that, we get Elias with a song about Baron Corbin talking about Corbin's throne being a toilet and Corbin being a turd and how he wipes his butt with Corbin toilet paper. He's on every roll. But uh, Corbin, after the song, attacks Elias from behind, hits him with his scepter, and actually knocks him off the balcony to the concrete floor. Doesn't get me any more excited for the match. But at least it was 
somewhat of a memorable moment of Elias getting knocked knocked to the floor at the performance center. But does that take him out of the match? Does that take Elias out of the match at Mania? I hope not, because he hasn't had an opportunity yet. I hope they don't try to put Gronk in the match at WrestleMania. I really hope they don't do that. But uh, after that, we get Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. And this is a pretty hard-hitting match between the two. We had Nikki Cross on commentary. She was pretty entertaining. A lot of shoulder work by both people in this match. And there was a nice one, a nice spot in this match where uh, Alexa drops Asuka face first on the apron with a, like, she had a shoulder whip or whatever. And Bliss then throws Asuka in the LED board, and they and Bliss, Bliss gets a near fall. Bliss goes for a DT inside the ring. Asuka then goes for the Asuka lock. Bliss backs her into the corner, rolls through her own snapmare attempt, does Bliss. It was a pretty nice little sequence there, and gets the DT for the win. I thought this was a nice hard-hitting match. This is one of the better matches I've seen on these uh, uh, no-audience shows. But I thought this is good set up their uh, Mania match. Hopefully, we get Bliss and Cross versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane. But uh, yeah, I always thought it was a really enjoyable match between Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Then we get the Usos backstage saying it wouldn't be the road to WrestleMania without the Usos. A new day going at it one more time. Pretty much, they're gonna get the shot at Miz and Morrison. We'll see about that at Mania. But then we get a replay of Roman Reigns. Versus Triple H from WrestleMania 32. It was where Roman Reigns defeated Triple H to win the WWE Championship. After that, Triple H talking about what both guys bring to the ring, even though this match doesn't even happen now. I don't know why they didn't try to edit that stuff uh, as we got ready for Mania or if they're just playing some kind of trick on us. I don't know. But Triple H talks about what both guys bring to the ring. They both bring intensity, but Roman's is built throughout the match, and Goldberg's is just all at once. And if this match lasts for a brief period of time, Goldberg Goldberg should win. But if it goes longer, Roman should win. But I don't think that even happens now. We're going to get Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. I don't know. Then we get the New Day backstage saying they have a chance to go on to Mania, talking about the history he has with the Uso. They have with the Usos. It's going to pain them to give them this beating, but they need to do it in order to become eight-time tag champions. Then we get Dolph backstage with Sonya, but then he gets interrupted by Mandy, and he's asking. She asks Dolph, "Why are you doing this to Otis?" Did you really have to rub it in Otis's face? And Manny says he supports the idea of fighting him, but Manny says she refuses to let you guys let them fight over her like she's some sort of prize. After that, we get a Firefly Funhouse and Bray's talking to the old lantern, saying that he that he failed. The old the old lantern is the old the lantern is the old Bray, and he says the fiend will not. And Scary Doll says, you don't have a formula, and but Bray says, oh, yes, I do. And we get a blender segment. Rage and resentment are some of the agreements. Self-loathing, and then 
Rambling Rabbit, Rabbit giving some irrelevant opinions. And man, Rambling Rabbit can't get a can't get a break, man. He keeps getting buried time after time. But he says, when I'm not playing in my funhouse, he's creating the perfect concoction to beat John Cena at Mania. And he's officially challenging Cena to a Firefly Funhouse match. We'll get the response next week from Cena, but there's gimmick matches galore at this Mania so far. We got the ladder match. We got the last man standing match. We got the Boneyard match, whatever that heck that is. And we got a Firefly Funhouse match possibly at Mania. I, I, they're trying to be creative, but I don't know how I feel about this. But I, I, I give them kudos for being creative. Then we get the Usos versus the New Day with the winner taking on, well, Miz and Morrison for the tag titles at Mania. We'll see about that. Um, late in the match, Big E eats a super kick for a near fall. Jimmy and Jay with chops in the corner. They go for a double superplex. Big E gets hit with a running Insiguri. Usos go for a dive. Kofi stops him. Kofi then sends Jimmy and Jay over the top. Kofi hits a trust fall dive. Morrison and Miz are doing their Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. And Kofi knocks Morrison's foot out from underneath him. Knocks him onto the announce table. And then Uso and Uso die, followed by a Big E spear. And then Miz and Morrison attack. Both teams causing the DQ, ultimately setting up a triple threat match at WrestleMania, a triple threat ladder match that remains to be seen if it's going to actually take place or not. But uh, after that, Miz and, uh, not Miz, but New Day hits a final hour on Morrison to close out the show. And I thought it was okay show. SmackDown was all right. I honestly thought Raw was better. We did have some better wrestling on this show with Asuka against Nikki Cross. And actually, Drew Gulak and Shinsuke Nakamura was not bad. But it's going to be hard to decide who wins this week. Raw, not wins this week, but who gets second this week on the rankings. Because AEW Dynamite still takes number one for me. They're entertaining. Their show has been entertaining top to bottom every single week, and it's not. There's not been really a lull in it for me. But uh, uh, I'm gonna go with Raw this week at number two. The promos I think were much better on that show, even though the show lacked wrestling. That at least they put on some good matches, including the triple threat match from Royal Rumble 2015 and the Charlotte match. Charlotte and Asuka match from WrestleMania 34. But the wrestling was better on SmackDown, but the storyline work was much better on Raw, especially with the Orton promo and then also the uh, Seth Rollins promo. Those are both setting up those uh, Rollins and Owens match at Mania and then the Edge and Orton match. So number one this week again is AEW Dynamite. Number two is Monday Night Raw, followed by SmackDown at number three. Make sure to tune in next week. I will have my top five favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. I'm really looking forward to giving to that, giving that to you guys here next week. Hopefully, 
It will be up on Wednesday. I'll try to get it up for you on Wednesday. And then coming up next Friday or Saturday, Saturday morning, it will be the weekend review once again. And then Sunday, next Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be WrestleMania. I will try to get that review up for you the following Monday. So a lot of stuff coming up this uh, this week. It's going to be a busy week. I'll have the top my top five favorite WrestleMania matches of all time up on Wednesday. Friday slash Saturday, I will have the weekend review up. I'll be covering Raw, AEW, Dynamite, and SmackDown. And then the WrestleMania review, I will have that up on Monday, the following Monday. Before I go, make sure to follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you enjoy this podcast, give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my podcast. Tell your friends to subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and on the iHeartRadio app. Thank you again for listening to the show. Until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off saying so long, everybody.